0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current.Tech.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,
2: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
1: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
2: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
1: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
2: Hey, Bro, what is LeBron doing, too? All on social media. Just waiting. He's we, just waiting. He's like, oh, man, Ty Lube, greatest coach of all time. Like, fam, you could have had him. <laughs> I'm looking at LeBron sometimes. I <laughs> just be like... Oh, boy, what is what is wrong with you, imagine, my guy? He's, he, he's, he's so used to, and again, like, I like watching LeBron play basketball. But he goes about acting like there are no consequences for the decisions of the mad lib of life. <laughs> <laughs> he feels like he can just erase what he put in. Like, no, that's impermanent, my guy. Like you created your own destiny Upon oh, yeah. this. It's like a, it's like a You're Shakespearean. Not back. <laughs> it's like a Shakespearean, you know, play. How his career at the back end, of his career has played out.
3: Let's get into that in a second. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host Russ Dorsey, and our producer Tony Gill. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can get twenty three percent off applied automatically to your order of some of these incredible silky smooth eucalyptus sheets. You don't need a promo code or anything. It's applied automatically, 23% off when you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. They've got the sheet set in 11 different colors. We all have it on our beds. We love it. Uh, can't sleep without it now. It's spoiled all other sheets
1: for us, Russ. You know Tony's listening to not us, but his girlfriend right now, and it's very funny to me. Yeah, and you, distracting. You saw, you saw his eyes looking into the corner, and then he has he's himself on mute. Then he takes his right. headphones off. I'm like, yeah, she's saying right. something serious. Like, Tony, I don't give a f- what you're doing. Listen up. Yeah.
2: You know, what's, you know what's funny? Even when I try to be 1% better, it gets caught. I was like, what? It's, yeah. like, it's like, I can't win for losing.
3: No. I mean, he hit mute. He hit mute to take that conversation during the ad read. So,
1: yeah, that, I mean, that's fine. It's just, I mean, okay. All right. I, I have a question for Tony. <laughs> Sure. Tony is, uh, let's see, about five, six months from getting married. Mm -hmm. Wedding in October. Are y'all doing wedding, I mean, uh, marriage counseling, or y'all freestyling? No. Come on, man. (laughs) No way. So uh as you've been in marriage counseling, what things have you uh, have you learned so far as you prepare oh, for oh, your weird. nuptials? That's like are, is this I'm curious? what kind of question is, is this that? I'm curious. That reads? Well,
3: uh tell us what you've been talking about in therapy.
1: Come on, man. <laughs> I'm curious.
3: What are <laughs> talking about? Qu- I don't even know if that's a good off-air question.
1: I don't know sure am they me. ask in marriage counseling. I, I don't know.
3: Never <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry you're, you're like a voyeur into this world you're so like you want no part of it at the moment but Not you're either. very intrigued by all of it i am mm-hmm. i i i can respect that i get it we feel the same way about your life i think <laughs> okay fair go ahead that spill it all spill it all everything you've been talking about in marriage counseling for content
2: um well we're doing two things well one we have more informal conversations right like i'm very open with because I do take it seriously with you know her parents, with my parents, with other married people that we love and respect. Um, I'm very open to have conversations about that. And I wanna learn. Um, we're gonna have a more formal one uh, coming up soon, which we haven't started yet. But yeah, like, I mean, I learned from Jason and Ashley. Like I learned from, you know, like all the respected married couples that are in my life, in her life, I want that information and I listen to that information um, and take it all in. So, whoa, sorry. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I'm going about this engaged life so far.
3: Is this what you can do tonight? Is it going to be like every couple of minutes you're going to, oh, yeah, during your own during your own points. That's right. All right. Russ is Prying Into Tony's Marriage Counseling is brought to you by Connect Roasters. You <laughs> get 23% off at connectroasters.com. This one you do have to use a promo code for, so please listen. 23% off with the promo code adjacent23. They've got all kinds of different blends on there from all over the world. Uh, I've got the Guatemala Santa Clara blend. Here you go. I got my Connect Roasters mm-hmm. mug. Enjoying it while we uh, while we do the show right here. Tony, I think some of the issue with LeBron is one of the things that happens with a lot of rich and famous people is they're surrounded by people that will never tell them something is a bad idea.
2: You can't always you get constant get confirmation what you
3: that want. you're all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, your dancing doesn't really contribute much to a, an audio clip. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Both of you dancing—it's very helpful.
2: But I mean, it's 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 a true it's it's a true bar. Like sometimes, you know, it's 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 funny how life works, right? You know, you become ultra rich, ultra successful, uh, and some, you know, people still find themselves unsatisfied um, with how things are turning out when they thought that they were in control. Um, and you can try and control as much as you can, but sometimes it's still up to the factors of life to determine, you know, where you're going to go. Um, So, yeah, like, Man. LeBron isn't acting out of any, you know, it's not weird that he's acting like this and going on social media and praising all these other people and kind of pseudo-bashing his current situation, That but he created that situation or at least had a helping hand in creating that situation.
3: I think that he... Would rather, I don't know if he has the self awareness to even look at it this way, but I think that he would rather have the path that he's taken than have stayed in Miami and Probably. had Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra running the show instead of him. I don't think he was going to take that for all that long. And when he talked about that, when he went back to Cleveland and he wrote the long letter about going back to Cleveland, um, he described his time in Miami as similar to when people go to college and you go and you learn some things and you come out of college. We all do thinking that we know everything that now we're good to go. And you're not, you aren't. And he probably, I mean, the, the basketball part of it shows that maybe he wasn't as well, but I don't think he would want to go back into college. I don't think he would want to go back into somebody else dictating how he's going to play and who he's going to play with. I think he would rather, take his chances and roll the dice this way. But I also wonder whether he's got a clear enough view of reality to understand that that's the choice he's made.
1: You know, it's probably also weird for him knowing that, okay, this is the back nine of my career and coming close to an end, except what his version of end is, is different than anybody we've seen in the history of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just averaged 38, uh, yeah. 30 points a game at thirty eight years old, and we're saying I'm literally on this platform saying he's close to the end. Yeah, and, but maybe if in, in like in terms of like basketball and what his future holds, it is because now we're just waiting for Brownie to get in the league so he can play with them and then retire. Um, but that's probably a weird space where it's like I don't know what I can accomplish anymore.
2: I think that's a Jason, you brought up, a, a, I think, a, an interesting philosophical debate that I think is interesting is, would you rather, you know, have poor results, but you were able to make your own decisions, or the chance of leaving it up to chance uh, to determine, um, you know, your future? Uh, and I think you're right. I think all things considered, he probably would still choose what he chose because he got to choose them. Um And I don't know if um I guess I would. Like I can't I can't hate on it too much. If he says hey, I stood up on my own, and yeah, I didn't get to six like Michael did. Um I didn't get how many LeBron got? Four?
3: Uh four. Yeah. I didn't get two in Miami, one in Cleveland, one in LA.
2: Yeah. And you know, I didn't get the five like Kobe did, but I made my own decisions and everywhere I went. It was a championship contender, and that's what I'm going to rest my career on. If he can live with that and not have any regrets on that, then he made the the right decision. Uh, but it's just the, the, the stuff that he does on social media that makes it seem like he isn't happy with how things have gone on, even though he's kind of had a hand in it.
1: Gentlemen, you guys brought this to my attention the last time with Love is Blind. But Ooh, Jason, have we talking you... Love, we talking Love is Blind? Well, from the makers of Love is Blind comes <laughs> The Ultimatum. Ooh, sounds scary. Have, I haven't seen this. Have either, so neither of you, Jason, uh, Tony, have you seen The Ultimatum?
2: I've seen the first episode.
1: All right. I'm going to explain it for you, Jason. And for everybody out there, spoiler alert. So the ultimatum from the makers of uh, Love is Blind, Nick Lachey and his lovely wife are once again hosting <laughs> this crazy ass show on Netflix where couples come together where one of the partners is giving the other partner, other partner, I can't talk the today, drum, drum roll, an ultimatum. So it's oh. not just... Some of them is, hey, I want to get married. I don't. Well, okay. I'm giving you an ultimatum. Or I want to have kids. I don't. Well, I'm giving you an ultimatum. So in this show. Wait, what a great what a great foundation for your family. Right. I think. <laughs> right. Let's start our, our our the rest of our lives. Our what a great story that'll
3: be to tell your children one day that, uh, you know, about, they, oh, they want to know about when they're born. And you're like,
1: well, the, the, uh, the prelude to that is your mom said she's going to leave me if we didn't. Actually, it was it was the the what wouldn't be the mom said that she didn't want to have kids. Yeah, and either way, either but way. yeah, I, like, I, ultimatums are always the sign of a very good, healthy relationship. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um. So this
0: Threat is what happens. So, so You have
1: all these couples come together and you basically date all these other people that come together. Oh, OK. And then they you're basically speed dating, living with people, going on dates, all this oh. stuff for three weeks. Right. No,
2: you no, no no you they see if they want to date each other for like a, a week or two. And then they live with that person. Right. For, for three, three weeks,
1: weeks. for yeah. three weeks. Right. Wow. So let's say you and your partner, they're gone. Find whatever other person you want to quote unquote date. Then you're living with that person for three weeks, just you and them. And then after the end of the three weeks, you go back to living with your partner and then you decide, if you want to stay with them or not, or if you want to leave them for the person that you were dating for three weeks.
3: Okay. And so both sides of the ultimatums are doing this.
1: Yeah. So if I'm the person, people that have
3: presented and have been served. Correct. Correct. So all the ultimatum presenters are dating each other and all the ultimatum uh, receivers are dating each other. Is that right?
1: They're intermingled. They're intermingled. Okay.
3: Yes. Bunch of people that are unhappy with their partner are going to go test the waters with someone else correct um it's hard duh. for me to understand the 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 consequences of uh i either want to go completely all in or completely all out i either want to start making children
1: with you or i just want to leave you those are yeah
3: really far apart
1: well just- i i don't know there's so much wild stuff about this because one I can't be in the same vicinity where I know some dude has my lady dating her, doing whatever. Sure, and then gonna come back to me like, "Yo, let's work this thing out." No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we can do this because then I am over here dating and doing the same thing. Like that, the the trust is gone. Mm -hmm. Also. What I know could go was, wrong? I, I love this premise. I love the idea of my wife being like, like look, this,
0: do this or thing. it's over.
3: I'm like, well, while I think about that, I'm going to go out and be a wild
1: boy for three weeks. <laughs> and then I'll come back and see how I feel about things. But then where are we at with TV? Where? Like, but, the, but people are watching. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, all y'all, all y'all watch. that watch, all y'all that watch Love is Blind going out right out watching the Ultimatum.
2: I feel like mm-hmm. Love love is Blind is a little bit different because it's like these people don't have a connection at all with anybody. And then You're they're breaking kinda, up a family. Yeah, Right. Or potential family. It's yeah. like the ultimatum is like it feels like a slap in the face to like all legitimacy of. Marriage and love so what, because so love is blind.
3: What are you talking about? You know, they don't know these people. How are you and looking at this is, and being like, totally "Well, Russ, I mean, this isn't ridiculous. this isn't this isn't the pure and, you know, virtuous." Look, it's kind of already premise that love is blindhead, Russ. No, it's all ridiculous. But
2: under the umbrella of ridiculousness and the levels of ridiculousness, this is like pushing that level of ridiculousness cuz it's like how do you there's going to be questions. Like, let's say they do end up together originally, right? After they've gone through this. You experience. go back to the person that's giving you the ultimate. Right. Okay. There's going to be questions asked about that. Well, did you do this? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, during you doing this? Uh,
3: during your three weeks yeah. of freedom, you mean? It okay. like, what do
2: you mean? This, that was the point of the show. It is like, you're, it's like these people are, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much they get paid. I don't know how they were screened for this experiment. Um, They want to make it feel legit, but obviously it's reality TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know any, I don't know personally anybody that would want to stake their or put their relationship on the line like in that fact. That, like, that and that's
1: and that's crazy. the that's the part, Tony. Like they be like, oh, this these couple this couple's been married together been together for four years, or this they've been together for two and a half years. They've been together for three years. And it's like I it's hard for some me to believe that after that time, three years, four years, two and a half years, that you will just come in and say, Yeah, I'll sacrifice all that for,
0: for right. three weeks for somebody yeah. I've just met.
1: Like, I wish I wish. My lady would be on the show Mm -hmm. and dating some other dude, and me not spin the block on that entire cast. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're not you're not gonna be in the next room or whatever, cracking my lady for three weeks, then think nothing's gonna. I'm throwing a brick at somebody. Yeah, Yeah. it's like how is uh, the hitters? I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, no, no, me and I am the hitters at that point. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. how is this supposed to help
2: them? Right. Like, if they are already on this borderline, <laughs> they probably were going to break up anyway. I was like, I don't, like, in the first episode, like, there was a couple that, or two couples, right, that went back before they even went through with the
1: experiment. Right. Dude was like, nah, we just get yeah. it right now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> See, he, I, like, he said, I'm not playing with this. Yeah,
3: that, that would be me. It, it's would be they'd say,
1: it's here's your three foolish. weeks of freedom, and I'd be like, I'm just
3: going to do the sensible no, thing. Cool. I'm going to sit in my room. I'm going to watch Netflix, wait till this is over, and then I'm going to come out, and I'm going to apologize, and I'm going to get married, and I don't want any more trouble from any of yeah.
1: Hey, none of y'all kissing my lady. Well, let's go, right. baby. Yeah, like, <laughs> I,
2: I, I question the people that I'm like, oh, well, to get the full experience, I just got to go all in. And it's like, y'all yeah, was ready to break up anyway. Yeah, but you I were looking for
1: him. a reason to be like, ah, let's go and date other people for a little bit. That might be how you end up auditioning for the show. <laughs> Cause here's my thing. Cause it's it's hard to there. I watched the the whole thing. Why?
3: Why is that? Why did you watch this? Because you for wouldn't content. touch Love Is Blind. Why did you decide to watch this for content? Okay.
1: And also, I only reason I watched the show Is because I, I. It's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Sarah. laughs> you saw somebody you, you, about you know, knew. No, but oh. I wasn't watching it alone necessarily. So, I, no. Um wow. And so no, still still no. Things are getting serious. They're not. Uh, but yeah, so I'm flustered now. I don't even know. I only I, watch Netflix with my wife. <laughs> but, thank you, Jason. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. There were no fights, right? Mm-hmm. There has to be something in the contract that says, if you even ball your fist up, ain't nobody getting no money. Mm. Cause that's the only way you can have people on here knowing that their partner is doing God knows what in another room or whatever with all these other couples Mm -hmm. and nobody fights. Wouldn't they want fights? You would think, but maybe you get sued for that.
2: I I do have a question, just kind of general question over shows like this. Um, Is it desensitizing people about like marriage all the the way these shows are portraying it, uh, relationships, like, all of that, you think it's having a negative effect on society? Or can oh. we, or are we as a whole able to, or is this where society was heading anyway? And it's just picturing what society already is.
1: Oh, I think we were long past that tone. Like, mm. d- divorce is at over 50% now. I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I know more couples that are like we're in love, we want to be together, but we're not going to get married, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's uh, you know a lot you see a lot of people like that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I I think it's just it may it it might look like that, like you're watering down the uh the meaning of yeah marriage. the meaning and mm-hmm, the no. intimacy of a marriage with a show like a Love Is Blind or the mm-hmm, Ultimatum. But mm-hmm. I do think as a society. Society had already moved past, like, eh, is marriage what we or our parents' generation thought it was? No, hmm.
3: that's what all these shows are to me. These show, all these shows are the symptoms of how we already are. I mean, these shows wouldn't be on TV if they weren't reflective of a way of thinking that already existed. I don't think. And if they if they weren't that, then they wouldn't probably do very well. I think that, like, I think it's your second option there tone where it just it's reinforcing a way that people already look at things i think russ is right a lot of people will just live together because then it's a little easier to dissolve that uh, if things don't go well i think plenty of people are getting married even thinking like well you know this is the next step this isn't necessarily forever but this is the next step when you're really yeah. serious about something you don't think am i being too cynical you don't think that's how the world looks well, at it. I, I no, I
2: I, no, it I was just i was just thinking like man that is discouraging because he had, no but tony you, <laughs> oh, you don't have to think? look at it that way yeah, yeah not, you're, you're, sure.
1: you're <laughs> like here's the thing like think of uh De, the day the day chapelle joke where he says look void of uh the love and religious significance Marriage is nothing but a bad contract that you shouldn't sign and you're setting up for a hypothetical court date that might never happen, you know? Like, I I think people already are... The ideas are out there already about marriage. But at the same time, I look at it and I'm like, look, my parents have been married for 40 years, mm-hmm. right? Like, my view of marriage isn't changed by how other people think, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like we talked about earlier, like, I see Jason and Ashley. I see... Your parents, right? Like mm-hmm. I have people in my life that have been married for a long time. I'm not just because the ultimatum come out, I'm not all gonna <laughs> be like, oh <laughs> you know, marriage, man. <laughs> no, sir. That I'm not a whole new way of looking <laughs> Right. Like I'm not looking at love is mine, like you know, deep D and Dude didn't work out. I think I should just say, <laughs> no thanks. I'm married. Do
3: you guys want to talk about Netflix? Netflix is in trouble. Yeah, they
0: are. Yeah.
1: Oh I, saw the, oh, I
0: saw today.
3: They put out their quarterlies and they lost uh, 200,000. They're down 200,000 subscribers. Now they say like uh, that's largely related to shutting down services in Russia. But they admitted it's also because there's a lot of good competitors out there. And they, and they keep bringing up this password sharing, which I can't really disagree with them on principle. But I would like people to just
1: stop talking about that. Because here's my thing. I think that's an excuse. It's like it said they're gonna lose two million next quarter, two million. That's what they projected.
3: Two million in loss
1: in lost subscribers in quarter two. Yes. I think for a long time, because of the rise, we're in the streaming era now, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you have HBO Max, which I think might be the they might have jumped as the number one streaming era for content right now. Peacock is not playing around with Netflix. They're up there too. Disney Plus has all the Marvel stuff Mm -hmm. and Disney back catalog for the last 75 years. They're not playing with Netflix either. Mm -hmm. All those places took their content off of Netflix. Now Netflix is looking around like, well, if we're not throwing a comedy special at somebody, we're in trouble.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They. They have to be in the original content game. So that's why shows are popping up like the ultimatum. Like Love is Blind. Like Yeah. Um, I mean And those they, shows uh, aren't actually good. They just keep yeah, watching and, and those shows aren't good. It's yeah, not like they, Ozark. They, right. They had they had they were so far ahead of the game. And they were. I don't I don't know if they thought that they weren't people weren't gonna catch up. Um, but when big money players are like, all right, when Disney says, All right, bet, we in here. Like the, the controlling company of ESPN yeah. and you know ABC, it mm-hmm. wants to start playing games It's like that. uh That Drake verse. It's like everybody want to play until I want to play, right? <laughs> you know. Uh, now, now right. everybody's like, "Oh, what's going on?" And it's like, no, no, no. Let's keep let's keep playing. Like I, I I got the money, so when these other big players are like, "Yeah, we're gonna make some original content too," now Netflix is like, "Oh man, now they got a fight on their hands." Now, yeah. like you know, people are considering going back to cable because everybody has a, you know, a streaming service and like collectively they're like, well, I could have just been playing
3: for cable. And that's the thing. This looked like it was (laughs) going to be the future where it's like, I I don't need cable other than for live sports, which some of that Mm -hmm. you can get over the air on the national channels anyway. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. Netflix is one of the few that hasn't even, I've never even heard a whiff of Netflix getting into live sports, but you'd be like, well, why do I need cable if $10 a month or whatever it was, $12 a month gets me Netflix. But eventually you're gonna need all this other stuff. Yep. Eventually now you've got HBO, Hulu, Disney, and Russ, I agree with you. I u- I've used a lot of these other streaming services, and almost all of them I sit there and I'm like, this is like war- this isn't as good as Netflix. Nothing about this is as good as Netflix. The content's not as good, the functionality of how to find things isn't as good until HBO Max. Yep. And when you get there, and it's like they got a lot of good stuff. And it's not just this year, they've got a lot of good stuff from a long period of time.
1: And it's a pretty pretty usable app. Like, you look at Hulu, Paramount Plus, Discovery has an app, like Apple Amazon, TV, Amazon. Like, the, it's not just, they're not the only show in town anymore. And I think it, it had started with some of the fights for content, like The Office and and different uh, yeah. Seinfeld, different things like that, where it's like, oh, this got taken down off of Netflix. Why? Right. And these companies were like gearing up for like, hey, we're going about to do our own thing. We're coming for Netflix. And now, three, four, five years later, that's come to reality. Where very, it seemed like very quickly, HBO Max were just like, no, it's us. And so, yeah, you you can have your little funny comedy specials, but we're gonna take what we have, our catalog, and we're going to create shows because the the shows that they have, their series are some of the best on TV anyway. So then we're going to put those on our streaming service and we're going to have all this other stuff. We're going to take Gerard Carmichael, who we've partnered with for a long time. We're going to put his new special. Netflix is, if it wasn't for inventing Anna or some of these very, uh, get hot shows, Tinder Swindler, things like that. Uh, Fire Island it would have been a, a a much worse like start to the first quarter for netflix than it has been but you know what it's it's good for
2: us right in yeah, terms the of people that in, the consumer in terms of people that enjoy content because now they're pushing creativity they're pushing uh ways to make content and to to receive content um now pricing you know should be a bit more competitive i think in my in my opinion if you want my you want my well, money, i'm not going to get all these things you know right mean, right i'm, right. I'm going to pick-
3: if the price pick one, maybe two. But I don't have I, time to watch more than that. Yeah. Correct.
2: But we all get to benefit f- from creatively for us people that consume content by these companies pushing for your dollar.
1: I also think it's interesting, and you guys both hit on a little bit like pricing and what you pay for, because all so many people cut the cord thinking it would be cheaper than Keeper. cable. Mm-hmm. But with cable, a lot of these things are included. Like, I just got DirecTV Stream, right? Mm-hmm. I have all my channels that I would have with a normal package, but I also have HBO Max included and I have mm-hmm. Hulu included with what I have on my phone. So that's already paid for. Um, the only thing I really pay for every month is uh, Disney and Netflix. Those are only two I pay for outside of a package that I already have. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are just like, "What's the true value?" Because I know some people, like Tony, you have Xfinity. Jason, what do you guys use?
3: Uh, I think that too. I think that too. Yeah, <laughs> you I don't. Think? I don't do the. See, that's something that happens in marriage. There's like, <laughs> there's like certain things I take care of, and certain things my mm-hmm. wife takes care of. Like, my wife almost never touches the laundry because I do that. Okay. I almost never touch the dishes because she does that. She almost never. I don't know if she even knows how to pay the mortgage because I process that. And I don't know how to handle any of our health insurance or internet. It's just, things just kind of fall into place for us. Things kind of get sorted out over the course of 16 years. So I don't, I don't know what internet we have. I don't know. As, AOL. As long,
1: as long as I hope not, I hope you still have AOL, but yeah, like they're all different. They all do different things. And yeah i I think everything is cyclical in the world and so like I do think cable is cyclical in a way because like I think a lot of people me and Tony's ages are like yeah screw cable I'm gonna get YouTube stream or Hulu live or or whatever all the things you can get TV on your streaming app but once you get all the add-ins and no ads um all the things that you can include HD versus not HD like You're paying a cable bill.
3: The lesson to me is like, and it should be obvious, we should have already seen this. I mean, this happened with Blockbuster. It's like, it never lasts forever. You're never Mm -hmm. king forever. The NFL isn't going to be king of sports forever. I mean, it's just, this isn't going to stay. Like Netflix, there was a time where I wouldn't have believed this could happen to Netflix, and it hasn't happened yet. Netflix is still dominant. Mm -hmm. But if you're a kid, if you have children like I do, what are they going to want? If you say kids, we'll get we'll get one streaming service that's like kid centric. All of them are going to pick Disney. All of correct. Them. All the way up to probably like I don't know, fifteen or sixteen years old because they make a bunch of stuff that's targeted at that demographic too. Any one of those kids would pick Disney Plus over Netflix. And I mean, you're talking about people our age, I, I'm with you. I'm kind of with you on HBO. Like I, mm-hmm. they got, they, I think they got better stuff, and they've always been making better stuff. It was like mm-hmm. it, it just finally clicked. I don't know when. That, like, hey, we could just put this all on an app. We don't have yeah. you don't have to have cable and add HBO to your cable. You're cable
1: telling people they can watch some of the greatest series of all times: The Wire, Sopranos, Ballers, Insecure, Winning Time, like all these different Game shows. Of Thrones. Game of Thrones, all like, their
3: great documentaries. all their great, all their great stuff, stand-ups. Spartacus. There's rock stand-ups from 20 years ago on there. Mm-hmm.
1: You can watch Spartacus. You got all these different awesome shows. On one app, and we're gonna to continue to make really good stuff. Wait, uh, which what, what channel is Succession on? That's on HBO. HBO. See, like it's like, come on, man! Like you can't compete. None of the shows that I just mentioned, no, there's nothing that Netflix has that that's better than that. That's been
3: true for how long? That's been true for at least a decade, where nobody's been making better TV shows. But,
1: but even than HBO. even if we take even if we take the last two years, there's no show that Netflix has debuted or a a piece of content that they've had that's better than any of the shows that HBO has made over the last two years.
3: Yeah, and their older stuff that they're getting in syndication is going to hit free agency. That's what happened with The Office. The Office was, and you brought it up earlier, Russ, uh, um, it was an incredibly popular show, a big moneymaker for Netflix. And Peacock, when they started, and it originally aired on NBC, when they started, they bought it, I think, for like $75 million. They they had to have it. Yeah. And there's going to be other situations where somebody has to have Seinfeld for their app and they're going to pay whatever it takes to get and they have to have New Girl or they have to have Parks and Rec or whatever and they're going to pay up for it
1: no it's I think the value I think we talk about value of things all on the show show a lot but I think it's important because what is the value of back catalog I think it's huge when you think about if you're back somebody like like if you're HBO Max your back catalog is deep well, you could say, when you say you have the Sopranos in your back catalog, done. All right. Um, but then you add The Wire and other things to that. If you're Disney and you say, hey, yeah, we could create, we can give you The Mandalorian every couple months or so. Cool, fine. But we also have every piece of Marvel stuff ever. Mm-hmm. We have The Simpsons, that catalog. Like, who can compete? We have Lion King and Toy Story. Who can compete with that? I mean, right? every
3: kid's movie that's ever been good.
2: Yeah, especially, especially if, if they got it in in writing in perpetuity. Right. <laughs> like right. Because that means they're never going to be a free agent. The only place that you're going to be able to find this show to show, if you want to go back and look at our stuff, is going to be on this app. So you're going to have to keep paying for this app if you want to keep going to those yeah. shows where, hey, I'm not really invested into you know finding a new show or I'm getting home from work. I just want to watch something until it ends up watching me as I go to sleep. I gotta go to the office. Where's the office? Peacock.
1: Yeah, and you in, with include and that I was gonna talk about Peacock next because you look at the impact that one show has had for them in Bel Air. At the end of 2021, they had 25 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. That is and it, that continued to grow as more word got out about Bel Air and that it was actually really good. It wasn't you know what people might have thought it was gonna be at the beginning. Like it's it's Tony's right. Like for the consumer, it's great because now streaming services. know And and this this news about Netflix is big. Like, hey, people are going to just say, I'm cool. Netflix, if you're going to put out trash content, you're not going to give me new stuff. And there are other people. And here's the thing for Netflix, the price increased and the quality has gone down. Like significantly, and the the crackdown
3: on passwords, which is Mm -hmm. which is right, I get, I can't argue with that in principle. But everybody's doing that, and nobody wants to hear that.
2: Those other companies are complaining about that.
3: Right?
1: They also thrive.
3: Netflix for a while wasn't either. Netflix was like, hey, we're we're doing fine. Doesn't matter.
1: But yeah, they thrive because of that. Right? They thrived in spite of that, and I I think it's just a convenient excuse because you haven't put together any quality content. That can compete with yeah. some of these What you thought were up-and-comers Now they've jumped ahead of you And now you're kind of scrambling for answers This is
2: bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit.
1: High-quality bullshit <laughs> World-class designer bullshit To be sure
2: bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the
0: audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about and what comes out is bullshit.
3: We love calling bullshit and we love Sheets and Giggles. I call bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can get 23% off applied automatically to your order when you visit them via SheetsGiggles.com slash S a no promo code needed. You go to them through that link. It'll apply automatically at checkout. You're going to get great sheets. You are definitely going to be happy with them. Mother's Day is like in two weeks. I don't know if you guys realize, but it's coming quick. Mm -hmm. And this would be a good gift for anybody, including a good gift for Mother's Day. Uh, Russ, it's time to call some bullshit. And I would like to start by calling bullshit on any and all ESPN coverage of Tom Brady ever again. (laughs) Get out of here with this, man. Okay. ESPN got an exclusive with Tom Brady. Russ, if you ha- if you got an exclusive with Tom Brady, I think it wouldn't be hard to come up with some questions given his off season, and there it, it, this this exclusive that they got might as well have been a press release for his clothing brand. There were no quotes in there of any kind whatsoever on all the friction that people have speculated about with Bruce Arians or the report. Incredible publications like the Boston Globe and pro football talk that he was in line to become a minority owner of the Dolphins. And instead, they they run this story that's basically just fluff on the same day that the lead story on their homepage is Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks, and Todd Bowles, the coach, dodging questions about these things. And you know how this works, just like I do. Like sometimes you make deals to get these exclusives, there's some conditions and you have to weigh as a journalist, hey, okay, they don't want me to ask about whatever's being talked about in TMZ, but that's the only restriction. Okay, then I'm good with this. When the restriction, and which I assume, we don't know, but I, there, I mean, you couldn't be this bad not to ask about it. The restriction had to have been not talking about these two things. I don't think you take that deal. You can't no. take that deal. Oh, the two most important things that everyone wants to know, you can't ask about. What's to gain from that? Well, what's to gain from that is that they're they're partners with Tom Brady. And Mm -hmm. every future story that they have about Tom Brady needs to have this disclaimer of, we are partners with Tom Brady. We are co-producing his Man in the Arena miniseries. We are partnered with him on an NFT. Like, we're part of Tom Brady Incorporated now as we report on this.
2: Yeah, I mean, ESPN, they don't... At least to me, they've made it obvious they don't want to do journalism anymore. They want to show games and they want to create narratives to boost the value of those games. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't really go to ESPN or any of their reporters for anything uh, big that I want expounded on. I'm going to other places uh, to find that information. I'm going to you know the Athletic or you know I, other people that actually do investigative. You know, pieces like, and I'm trying to figure out like what is what is Tom Brady's value to as an individual entity that he's like, oh, I'm gonna give you something good later down the road. Like, he, he's one of the most boring athletes, front facing athletes, like in terms of greatness and cheer, and like interestingness. Dude's mad boring. There's nothing else that I want to know about Tom Brady that would intrigue me other than his moves off the off the field uh, that he doesn't want to talk about which is understandable if you got that power then flex it but it's weird that they don't want to actually discuss it and, and they haven't even talked about it on any of their television shows it's not on first take it's not on you know sports center they do not discuss this one of the biggest sports stories in a sense like outside of a scandal right like outside of a scandal yeah. This is the biggest sports story that I think I've ever seen. And they don't want to talk about
3: it. Even Sean Payton, like tacitly acknowledged this saying that there was go-betweens that maybe that he wasn't involved in conversations with the Dolphins, but that he had maybe representatives of his and representatives of theirs had discussed this idea. Um, And Tom Brady is... Gonna not say anything about it. I don't think he's reporting to OTAs or anything like that, so you're not gonna hear about it from him there. But, um, I don't know that everyone's as discerning as you are, Tone, because I think a lot of people probably don't realize that ESPN has all these mm-hmm. partnerships and affiliations and things like that. That when they do this uh documentary series on Tom Brady, it's with Tom Brady, it's not mm-hmm. like news on Tom Brady, it's not separate it's not just for the value of learning about tom brady it's with tom brady there's a purpose in this and i think i agree with you about him not being a compelling personality i think i think of him like Derek jeter where if they came out and told you everything it would be very interesting but Mm -hmm. they're never going to tell you anything who you calling bullshit on tone
2: so i'm gonna call bullshit and i feel very excited to call bullshit oh uh on this because there is no retort there is no comeback because this person is no longer with us Wilt Chamberlain okay Wilt Chamberlain once said that he had relations with what over 20,000 women in his lifetime Uh, and it's like come on man really like no kids no disease that during his time would have been prevalent um, that we can speak of. Um, and just the fear numbers based, like, that that cannot be real.
3: You broke out the calculator today, now, like, Tom?
2: That would not be real. He would have had to have relations with, like, three women every day. Like, who does that? Why would you want to do that? Like, is that something to be proud of? Like, it it it's weird that he went to that length. And again, he could he seemed serious. I've seen the quote. He seemed serious in saying it, but you never know, I guess, with these things. But yeah, I'm calling bullshit on uh, good old Wilt the Stilt.
1: You um, <laughs> 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 there, to, like to, to, it's hard enough maintaining one relationship, situationship or whatever, Mm -hmm. to do that 20,000 times 20,000 times Mm -hmm. is one excessive and two, somebody should have pushed back on Wilt and be like Wilt, no. But here's like the only I'm trying to figure out how much I could say on this point.
0: Like (laughs)
1: How, the only way that's possible if you're having like some wild sex party, if and then you have like, oh, there's a hundred people in here, you do that a couple hundred times, and then you get up to 20,000. Uh, 20, but like, yeah, I, I, uh, good for Wilt, I guess. But yeah, Tony, I, I agree with you. Like, there's no way you can do that in the time where Wilt lived, where uh, contraception wasn't as good back then, mm-hmm. birth control wasn't as great back then. To have no kids with, and t- after having twenty thousand partners, you are shooting mm-hmm. the best shooting. That, this is the best shooting percentage ever. Uh, <laughs> also, he was around during the the era of like VD and like the clap, <laughs> like the clap and when crabs. Yeah, mm-hmm. when it was really clapping with crabs and like, <laughs> yo, if you felt burning down there, it was a rat for you. Like there was so much against, <laughs> so many odds against Wilt. To then have zero kids, zero STDs, and then just have this twenty thousand partner idea about him is is crazy.
3: Russ, would you like the math on this? Because there's an article on mentalfloss.com. Okay. Which is a real website. I know that sounds mm-hmm. phony, but I've I've have I've seen plenty on this website. Uh, they if you put his window starting at age fifteen. And take it to age fifty-five, which is when he made this comment uh-huh. thirty years ago. By the way, uh, in that forty-year window, he would have had to have averaged five hundred a year, God. one point <laughs> four no, per day. <laughs> but Tony, this was something he said thirty years ago. Why? why uh, did, what did? What was there? Some new news on this? Like why?
2: No, no. Um, Van Lathan uh, of The Ringer brought it up. Was like are we actually believing that Will Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain did this? And I was like, you know what? I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I'm glad it's being brought up back into the zeitgeist. Right. We got to stop spreading this lie and talk about how ridiculous this lie is. And it kind of makes me question, like, you know, one of the greatest basketball players, you know, ever. is like, you weren't cool, were you? You have to make this up. So people thought you were cool. Like you had some insecurities. I, in here's you.
1: my thing. I think Will like was getting them, but like I, I don't. You know how dudes be around they, they friends and they be trying to put on. I think that's kind of what it was too. You assume he's just tripling it. You're putting a hundred on ten. Yes. True.
2: Well, I mean, he could have lowered the number significantly to a more believable number, and people a thousand like, oh,
1: right, like knock down a stack. That's a that's still a lot of partners, bro. Just yeah, so <laughs> so say you knocked down a stack, bro, that's crazy.
3: Tony, we're like one week removed from you saying that you never need math in your life, and now this is what you spent your day on today? Yes. Trying to do the calculations of whether this was possible?
2: This is all you need math for, kids.
3: Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Russ, what would you like to call bullshit on?
1: I'm, I'm upset that we missed this uh, about two weeks oh. ago when it first came out. But now that I, I've found out about it, uh, I have to – we have to bring attention to it. Uh, Reds outfielder Tommy Pham got signed at the end of the offseason. Now, we did – I my bullshit last week was uh, a Red COO, Phil Castellini, after mm-hmm. asking fans where they were going to go after mm-hmm. they were complaining about why the team – you know, shedding salary, not making moves, etc. Uh, Red's outfielder Tommy Fam, when asked what his goals for <laughs> the 2022 20, season were for a team that was out of it before opening day even happened, said this: "Right, revenge tour. I'm playing to get my numbers, and there's nothing selfish about that. In the past, I put up really good seasons. I'm playing to get some numbers. I don't care about anything else. I got to look out for me. And at the end of the day." Baseball is going to move on without me. I got to get mine right now. <laughs> In quote." I like that. The, the reason I the reason I, I got to call bullshit. I don't, I don't. It's not like. Hey, I'm all for honesty. Mm-hmm. He's playing on a team that might win. We'll be lucky to win 60 games this season. Right. And he says, I'm going out and getting mine. But you can't say that whole thing and say there's nothing selfish about that. No, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's selfish. Now it's look, if that's fine. Yeah. baseball's going to move on and out to you. You got to get yours. All oh, that's all well and good. But like, you can't say the whole thing, this whole soliloquy on getting yours and not worried about nobody but you and then say it's not selfish. The Reds are two and nine as of this recording, by the way, Russ, he's he's also hitting uh, like below 200 and has an OPS below 600. So he's he's got (laughs) to get mine.
3: Well, I would agree with you that it is selfish and it would be silly to say that's not selfish, but I would add to that you couldn't be selfish in baseball. It's fine. Baseball is like you don't have to really. It's not a problem to be selfish in baseball the way it would be if you're playing wide receiver or playing on a basketball team does it yeah, matter it,
1: it, it's it's a it's a individualized sport yes yeah. however you are on a team of 26 individuals that are compiled like on one team where yeah. while your individual performance is important the, the 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 result as a whole is also very important he's just like it's cool. I you think he, they, I mean,
3: you think he's taking it so far as to like he's not laying down a bunt when they call for it? Or I mean he's probably not doing that, right?
1: I that'd be I, where I you mean, get some
3: selfishness that would be problematic.
1: Well, here's my thing. Like if the guy is willing to say that on record to a group of reporters. Yes. Probably uh, not yeah. That's probably not, That's probably not a good situation.
3: That's probably not a good situation. You're you're right to call bullshit on him. Throwing in at the, at one point. Yeah, just in throwing in at
1: the end. It's, it's not, not selfish. selfish. yes yeah. like,
3: no, that's exactly what this is. Uh, all this bullshit that we've called, including Tony's from 30 years ago. I'm calling bullshit on your effort on that, Tone.
2: Oh, no, I had that in the can. Like, Russ knows. I had that in the can he ready. away. He had been waiting all week <laughs> to talk yeah. about this. I know, he was honest.
3: texting us about he, he texted us about it, and I'm like, I'm like Googling Wilt Chamberlain, and being like, what 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 came up with Wilt Chamberlain?
1: And well, all it's right, just so
3: it's just something that Tony's been thinking about probably his entire life, because that's Matt, about
1: how long ago he said it. If if Wilt was at twenty K, with magic with half. Oh, that is a good question. I,
3: let's let's <laughs> play uh it's not a good game for us to be guessing on our show for legal reasons.
1: Okay. <laughs> Believe that part out, Tony. Uh, the,
3: uh, the, I call bullshit segment is brought to you by sheets and giggles. Again, you get 23% off automatically applied. When you go to them via sheetsgigglescom slash S a, these are the best sheets I've ever had. Extremely comfortable, soft, perfect for summer. And it's softer than cotton. And I can get into all that with you, or you could just go on their website and read. They have the science that explains all that. They don't attract, they don't have, they don't create static, so they don't attract dust and things like that. And they've got them in all kinds of good colors and styles go to sheetsgiggles.com/sa and they will automatically give you 23% off
1: your order
3: Russ, I want to talk a little NBA, and I want to clarify that I want to talk some pretend NBA, okay. which would be winning time again. Yes, pretend TV show, maybe a sitcom, whatever you want to call it. Like it's not a documentary, sitcom,
1: right? dramedy. What? Yeah, seems to be a big up
3: for a lot of people. Uh, J- Jerry West I, being one of those. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and many others though also uh and i want to talk a little bit about the nba playoffs. by the way our show is brought to you by connect roasters a local chicago company with all kinds of different coffee on their website hit them up this is certain, they they have this all over the city too you can get it at a foxtrot foxtrot market plenty of other places but if you order online if you get your coffee through them you can get 23 percent off by using our promo code Adjacent 23, 23% off any order of $30 or more, which I think you're going to find at least $30 worth of stuff you like on there. They've got uh, blends from all over the world, all the coffee hotspots. We've got it. Uh, and we really like it too. Very happy to be in business with connect roasters. Go to connect and use promo code adjacent 23 to get 23% off your order of $30 or more. Um,
2: Man, I basically, got- I, I basically did a line of that stuff. I smelled it.
3: They out the oh shit!
2: Yeah, okay. I smelled it.
1: it sm- like,
3: when you open it up, it smells great.
1: No, it smelled fantastic. Oh, it really it felt great. It had the day that the the coffee was packed, yeah. so mm-hmm. you know it's fresh. It, no, it smelled fantastic. It's, you uh, was, should no woo. stop. Stop it. You
3: should not do that with the coffee. Don't knock you, if you, it if you didn't try it. You can't no. call it booger sugar. It's the booger booger coffee. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, wait. Did you not really know what to do with it, Tone? You open it up, and you can tell just by the smell of it, though, how fresh it is and how mm-hmm. like robust it is. That's exactly the kind of coffee I like. I like coffee that has a strong, powerful flavor. I really like mm-hmm. it. I drink my coffee black, Tone, as you as you were so happy to hear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm almost caught up on winning time. I like that the show's only coming out once a week because that's about the speed with which I can watch it. Although even that might be too fast for me since I'm an episode behind as of this recording. Um, And the main reason, I got to be honest with you, Russ, the main reason that I wanted to bring this up was uh, really as an entry to get into Tony reading a scene from season five between Chick Hearn and Pat Riley.
1: And now,
0: Tony Gill reads...
2: Fellas, what's going on? Hello, Tony. Hey, Tony Gill with glasses is what I go
3: by. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> no,
1: same, please, same guy. Sorry. Please,
3: please say the whole thing. Thank A year you. plus into this bit that no one likes except you. I don't
2: like to disrespect, Jason. I don't like to disrespect. You know, I'm, I'm my own individual. All right. Mm-hmm. Respect
3: all right. me as such. All right? Even real Tony Gill doesn't think this is funny.
2: Tony, you know, every time I come through for some reason, I don't know, we got a beef going on for the last year. He always leaves this segment. So, you know, things happen. All right, guys. This is a scene from Winning Time. Actor Spencer Garrett playing Chick Hearn, who was uh, the broadcaster or the play-by-play announcer for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers in the 80s. Here we go. He's saying this to then fellow color commentator Pat Riley. Patrick, do you see what this is? This is my fist. When I close it while we're on the air, you close your mouth. That's the most important skill in this job. That's you talking, that's you shutting up. Comprende? I'm fisting you, Pat. Now pay attention. There's a rhythm to it. You see, I call you color. Like a paintbrush with your tongue. After a while, it'll be like second nature to you. You won't even have to look. You'll
3: feel it when you're getting fisted. You. Pat Riley is the only character that I have trouble with, I think, on that show. it's hard, And it's not because of anything Adrian Brody is doing. It's just because it's hard to picture Pat Riley as anything but the Armani suit, slick-backed hair, and i and i looked into this and saw like pat riley did look kind of like this hmm. at one point but that's that's the only time when like john c riley for example russ i i am a big fan of his prior to this like i love step brothers i love talladega nights uh anything he's been in that i've seen him in he's been really good um when you see him as jerry bus he's so good that i i don't think about it being john c riley correct i forget a guy that I'm very familiar with his work. I forget this. The, the Pat Riley character is the one that I keep getting hung up on.
2: I like everything about the show. Like, it's so good that I suspend belief on who I know these people to be in real life uh, and just kind of just go with it. Just because like it's so good. It's written very well. Um, the way they go about breaking the fourth wall is great. It's funny. Mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. disturb the flow of the show. Um, I I like everything about the show, even the the Pat Riley. And I mean, I, I did read some stuff like even prior to the show about just like how Pat Riley grew up, and you know, like him wanting to be like his dad so bad, and his dad never really like returning that kind of love and interest and stuff like that. Like, so Pat Riley had gone through things and had to overcome some stuff to be the man who he is today. So, uh, yeah, it, I have no problem with how he's being portrayed.
1: You know what, Tony? You can suspend disbelief, but you're not portrayed in the show. You know who is? Jerry West, and he is not pleased. <laughs> this, as of Tuesday, from the great Ramona Shelburne of mm-hmm. ESPN Jerry West demands retraction, apology over portrayal in HBO series winning time. Former LA Lakers executive Jerry West demanded a retraction and an apology for what he called a baseless and malicious attack on his character in the HBO series winning time in a letter sent Tuesday evening by his legal team to the network and producer Adam McKay, which was obtained by ESPN. (sighs) Jason, I know you you say every week when we talk about this, like I just watch and you know it's a TV show. You Mm -hmm. know it's a dramatization. You know everything in there isn't true. But while I don't think this is, I I can understand why Jerry West is upset because, you know, of all the characters, he's the one that might catch it the worst.
2: I don't see how, but you know. But
1: if he well, if if in his opinion that's not him, I could see how somebody would be like, Hey, this isn't right. Like, this isn't me. And he says in this um letter sent by his attorneys that just saying, Oh, it's a dramatization before the show come on isn't enough for what they have done what he feels they've done to his character. He's not the only one upset.
3: Uh, Arn Tellem has been upset on his behalf. Uh, uh, By the way, that statement you were reading was issued through a law firm that's representing Jerry West. So there's some, I don't think they came right out and made the threat, but there's some implication there. Uh, Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe has objected to the characterization of Jerry West and has said that Jerry West should sue. Uh, Magic Johnson, not happy with it, uh, refuses to watch it, but is unhappy I mean, with it. Kareem thinks it's boring. Kareem, uh, Kareem also, I think, had some more critical, um, comments about it. Uh, I see both sides of it, Russ, because it's not like they're doing a full on fictional story, they're not saying, like, oh, it's, uh, it's. Barry best. No, they're calling him coming and calling him Jerry West and calling him Magic Johnson and Pat Riley and Chick Hearn and all these other people. Um, I am totally fine with it being a fictionalization, but you are still portraying these actual people, so I understand them being upset with it.
1: Correct. Mm-hmm.
3: But it's one of these things like I wish we could have this because this was like a wild time in society and a wild basketball team like an incredibly compelling exciting and successful basketball team very interesting personalities coming together on this basketball team and you have this great book about it by jeff perlman and then you bring in these hollywood writers and directors and actors and they say let's fictionalize some parts of this let's overdramatize some of this mm-hmm. let's make this the let's imagine some of this stuff and make it more entertaining because it's entertainment. It's not The Last Dance. It's not any documentary. This is supposed to be entertainment. And I wish we could have that, but I don't think that, I I think that if Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson are sitting there saying, well, it's unfair because most people aren't going to register that, that this is all pretend, that a lot of this is fictitious and it's close enough to being presented as real, that I, I get why they'd be offended by it. I don't think that they really have a recourse on it. And I like the show as it is. I wouldn't want them to do a show that was more, you know, true to life. Like it's a TV show, make it fun, make it wild and out of control, make it fictionalized. But I get the other side of this. I get why they're, I, particularly in Jerry West's case, I get why he's upset.
2: Um, I guess you guys can guess my reaction to this. Uh, so I'm going to get to that, but first I have to think about okay, what I like it. What I like it if somebody portrayed me using my name and kind of my likeness um in a way that I don't think of myself as that and how pe- how I want to be portrayed in in public um and I get it I get it I wouldn't sue you know um I would just say hey that's uh, an artistic interpretation I guess of, of what they thought happened or what they thought I was. That is not me. You can tell at the beginning of the show, they say this is a fictional kind of experiment, <laughs> you know, in terms of the story that they're trying to tell. Uh, and I will kind of leave it at that, especially for Jerry West, who it's not like Jerry West is out here, you know, in the tabloids or, you know, out in public anyway. Like, who's going to actually challenge him? Who has he surrounded himself with that's going to come up and disrespect him in any way? Like that's not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, his, his legacy
1: is cemented.
2: Right. Like already maybe maybe magic, because he's still a public figure, like somebody who has some jokes for him, but I mean legacy also cemented. Like
1: I think <laughs> but, if, if if somebody made a, a series based on our lives and mm-hmm. instead of talking to me about my personality and mm-hmm. my lifestyle, they talk to Tony and use a Yeah, they should Tony's talk to me version to Tony. of Russ. which is is a dramatic dramatic exaggeration of Mm -hmm. what my life actually is Mm -hmm. i could i would feel the way jerry west feels
2: but i mean but you get if you're confident and if you're confident say that's not me it's a tv show if you're confident in who you are and this is where i flip the switch if you're confident who you are and the people that love you know who you are right and the people in the business and. On top of the fact that I don't think it's actually a bad portrayal. Like, I think he's upset about the angry part that in in the show, Jerry West is made to seem like he's very, very angry Mm -hmm. individual. One thing, and I think this will be the most important thing, was they do not disrespect his basketball acumen and his basketball knowledge in that show whatsoever. Jerry West is the greatest basketball mind in the history of basketball, in my opinion and I think that show shows that by saying his acknowledgement that I can't coach this team. I'm bad for this team. I'm not, I can't take this team to the next level. And then uh, his analysis of Jack McKinney in the show saying this dude is a genius. He understands basketball at a different level and to want to put that guy in position to coach that team is another excellent level. Like, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna do some more, but in terms of the actual facts of his basketball acumen and his brain across decades and generations and styles and rule changes, they don't disrespect Jerry West and that. And that would be my most thing. Like, did you get the actual like if somebody was making I think I do pretty good content in whatever space that I'm at? I like to think so. People may disagree. I like to think so. But if the show portrayed like this wild boy Tony, right? I'm like. Well, one that's not all me. That's a character of a TV show. The people that love me know who I am. Um, but did they make sure that I knew content? If they're like, "Oh, he was an idiot, a blundering <laughs> idiot, didn't know anything about radio, didn't know anything about podcasting, didn't know anything how to make a good show," I would have a problem with that. Most of all, I would sue over that. But just some, you know, characterization, extreme characterization of who who, or a small piece exacerbate what, what's the word exacerbated exacerbated nope
1: no, no. <laughs> you no, make some is, words it's yeah. fine though it's fine though <laughs> you were just I'm, ex- I'm exacerbated through. all I'm, over the show yeah
2: Thank you. yeah i'm power through that's i can just make a statement say hey guys it's not me you guys people it's fine it's a funny show or whatever but as long as they got like the actual stuff that i care about right
3: <laughs> then i don't care <laughs> Yeah, but this might be what he cares about. And Magic Johnson, I think, objected to this before it ever even came out because they didn't come. And Magic Johnson is doing counter programming, by the way. At the end of the week, uh, his series—well, it's not his technically—but uh, a documentary series about him called uh, "They Call Me Magic" debuts on Apple. Today. Oh yeah, we know. And Magic he looks Johnson. to be—he looks to be like very involved in that because they're showing his sit downs prominently in the advertising for that do you find yourself rooting for magic johnson do you find him as a likable then not the real magic johnson the character on this show do you like i know that you're in you're entertained by but do you actually do you like the magic
1: johnson character on this show russ that's a good question i feel at times yes and then at times he does some things i don't know if you you're not on episode seven yet go ahead just roll through it there's a thing Most that happens probably are there's a thing that happens between him and Cookie where Cookie comes up to his room and then they have this very intimate moment where he's like, "Yo, you're my girl." Then she goes and then she he closes the door and somebody goes, "Who is that?" And it's Cookie's best friend and it's like, "Dog, you a wild boy."
3: <laughs> the episode before that when he uh gets an agent is some pretty gross business. Yo, that's wild between him and the dad. And, yeah. and again, like, I, I'm not talking about this as though it's factual history. I mean, I'm sure that there is a factual version of whatever happened. Like, there's the real version of what happened. But as a character, like, it's interesting. I, I, I don't really find myself uh, liking Matt, the Magic Johnson character in this very much. He's kind of a likable guy, but he does so much gross stuff mm-hmm. that it's like, eh, I just can't get behind him. Well-
2: well, I think if it was more open, right, if, if Magic was more honest, I guess, as a public figure about what, you know, what has happened versus this pristine thing that he wants out to be. I think you might feel better about it because it's like, oh, you know, this is a bit extreme, but Magic has been fairly open about his life uh and you know he's a flawed individual and we all are flawed individuals correct and i don't think people have a problem with people saying that they're flawed individuals it's just when you portray as if you're not a flawed individual and something else says the opposite and then it makes you feel like a bit indifferent about it
3: Russ last segment we were going to talk a little bit about winning time and then a little bit about the actual you know the actual nba, NBA. yeah we got so caught up in in winning time as we uh as we often do in our real lives, that uh, we forgot about what's going on in the real world. Um, The playoffs are a little bit of a challenge for us to discuss on our show because anything that's constantly evolving presents a little bit of a problem when you're recording on Tuesday night and it's coming out Thursday morning. But there's a couple things here. The Warriors and the Sixers both look dominant. And even if they – I don't even know what the schedule is, but if one of them drops a game between now and Thursday morning, I don't think that would really change my Change anything. Yeah. Um, Any thoughts on Golden State? You have been adamant, like Tony, that Phoenix is far and away in a different class than everyone else in the West. Has Golden State shifted your
1: opinion at all? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Wow. Please do. I, I saw something from them in game two against the Nuggets that I hadn't seen in a long time they made basketball look easy. Mm. And teams should be scared of of that. Mm -hmm. Not only did they make it look easy, they made it look easy with Steph Curry coming off the bench as the sixth man and Jordan Poole playing the role of Steph Curry. Not only do they have both Splash Brothers now healthy, they have a healthy Draymond Green, and they developed a third Splash Brother who, ironically, his last name is Poole. That's very funny. Um, at, they were firing on all cylinders they're healthy at the right time we know they're well coached they also have the experience of having done this before Yeah, and have tons of depth where you can develop a guy like a Jordan Poole while all those guys were hurt and injured and now when Steph goes back they ultimately win the series and Steph goes back to the starting rotation then you have this guy as your sixth man and in, in closing their new quote unquote death lineup is right Poole, Klay Thompson Steph Curry, Draymond and Andrew Wiggins they're going to run you out of the building and the no look passes, the shots from everywhere the creating shots off the dribble they they look unstoppable and the Sun should be very concerned
2: um, I'm not as optimistic uh, about the Warriors and I love the Warriors I love the Warriors um, as Russ is uh, and, and my only reason is, like, that Nuggets team is not good outside of Nikola Jokic. Um, they are not a playoff team <laughs> once he's on the bench. Uh, and Golden State, they've been good all year. Um, they've been great. Uh, but, yeah, that Denver team is just not good at all.
3: Jokic was announced as a finalist for MVP, by the way, Tony. Oh, yeah. Free yeah. mad at everybody. Uh, yep. Like, yeah. he might still win it. Oh, no, he's going to win it. If he doesn't win it,
2: we're, we're, I'm going to have a huge issue. He if better he doesn't win it. win it. If he does win it, what were you so angry about then? It was all. No, if he if he does win it, then, the then I set them straight. OK, that's not And I set them straight. But yeah, the Warriors, um, they're still going to be good. Uh, but, you know, I can't really give much or dissect much from this series because they're just they're going to sweep them. The Dunkers aren't good.
3: Well, it's going to get more interesting because you'll probably see them in the next round against Memphis, and then mm-hmm. they wouldn't play Phoenix until the conference finals, so mm-hmm. you could get a really, really great Western conference
1: finals. Did you have something, Russ? Oh, I was going to say I, the only reason I push back against that is because, like, they could have come out in the series and played down a competition, right? It, any team could have said, well, if we shut down Jokic, like, we'll be all right. And then that's how you ultimately you look like look at the Grizzlies in game one. They took uh, Minnesota lightly, got beat, came back ultimately in game two and then split. But, like, I, I just think there was a, there was, there's a lot to like about what the Warriors can do against a good team, including defend, where now it's like, hmm, they're healthy and now confident and they have the experience of doing this so many times over the years. They have the one of the best players in the world, the second best shooter in the world. And now this young guy that has confidence to where you can bring him off the bench or start him. It's like, okay, this is real. I think once you get in the playoffs, what you do matters. I think when you see Philly
3: stomping Toronto, for example, like that tells you about that tells you where they're at. Uh, The Bulls game. I don't want to stay stuck on the Bulls for long. That first game was horrible to watch. Uh, Voot should stop shooting. Um, But right before that, on Sunday, game one of Celtics-Nets was fantastic. That was a great game all the way down to the end. Amazing final shot by Jason Tatum to have that kind of court awareness and control, to be flying in at that speed and spin and put the ball just lightly and perfectly off the backboard. Kyrie Irving was an interesting guy to watch in that game because he hit some incredible shots. He had a great game. Um, but the back and forth with him in Boston continues. And what makes it interesting, probably, Russ, compared to – we've seen this before. We've seen LeBron get booed in Cleveland uh, when he would go back there with Miami. We've seen we've seen this kind of thing over and over. But it seems to really get a reaction out of Kyrie Irving. That's why it continues.
1: Yeah. It's the, the, the shared history with the Boston fan base is something that has now developed into a thing where the first time he's back in TD garden, he had the sage, he was sage in it, right? Like <laughs> yeah. he, he had all the conversations. About, oh, oh, I love, um, you know, he called the dark side after game one and, um, look, you, you kind of put a target. There was a target on his back anyway. Then he played into the fact that they didn't like him. Now there's a bigger target on your back. You just got to decide at what point is it like, hey, if he embraces the villain role, look, Kobe did it too. And he he's um, as good as anybody in playing the villain role because you, you have to show up. If you're going to play the villain, you can't like bow out. Like he scored 39 in, in game one of a playoff series. Pretty solid game. At the same time, you have to decide like, when are you focusing too much on that and not at the task at hand?
3: Well, he shot middle fingers to the crowd and he got fined 50 K <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Um, I I think he's, I think that's part of what makes it interesting. And it's part of what makes it keep going with him and the Boston fans. And again, like there's, we've talked about this a lot on our show. There's an extent to which you, this is part of the game. The gamesmanship between you and the crowd. Once that crosses over into your personal life or race or throwing Correct. something at a player Correct. or anything like that. Which has happened to him in that building. It has. He had a water bottle thrown at him. It's completely egregious and unacceptable. But booing him every time he touches the ball, heckling him within reason, I think that's all part of it. It's It, it gets a rise out of him, though. Yeah. It's like when you're a kid and your your brother is bothering you and your parents are like, just ignore him and he'll stop. He doesn't ignore this. He gets he engages with it, and that's going to keep it going forever. Including Russ, including him saying, I believe this week, like he wants
1: them to stop, instead of just like saying this is how it's going to be when I come here. Yeah, it, I think the the what's interesting about him in that building is like we've heard from players around sports, not just in basketball, but you hear the things that happen at Fenway Park to African American players, like the racial mm-hmm. undertones of the things that are said or allegedly said to players all the time, there's also, like, yeah, if, if I got somebody would say those things to me, like, I, there comes a point where you're just like, I'm not going to take that anymore. At the same time, if, like, when he was walking into the tunnel and somebody in the tunnel said, Kyrie, you suck, and you follow up that with...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, man, like,
2: <laughs> come on, man. Uh, I mean... I don't know, man. Like, I like villain Kyrie because Villain Kyrie is, is a mock. that dude is so good at basketball, man. Villain like, wouldn't... but villain Kyrie so gotta be able to good at basketball, bro. Like they didn't lose that game because of him. That wasn't his fault. No.
1: But like, you, you I mean, look Kyrie at,
2: Kyrie came to play. You well know
1: I mean? you you look at <laughs> this is what it's gonna end up being. Like you 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 know what our good brother Joe Cowley says about Kyrie. Right, like he thinks that it's him that causes his teams not to win ultimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't – you got – what has happened since he left LeBron James? For him or LeBron? For him. Uh, I don't know. You What has he won? Ultimately, oh, yeah. Everything's like, failed. Everything. Yeah. Right, everything's failed. The thing – everything that happened in Boston, failed. What happened in Brooklyn, for the most part, failed. And then you got to go get KD. Yeah. And then you have everything that's happened this season. It's like it always – something always goes wrong. And I'm not – it's unfair to say that's all all his fault all the time. But yeah. he does play some part in that. If you're going to play the villain at some point, like you look when Kobe played villain, it was rings to back it up at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Like if Bill Belichick plays villain, there are rings. Nick Saban, rings mm-hmm. to back it up. For Kyrie, after you leave Cleveland and you're going to go into this, well, I just play the villain. Mm-hmm. What do you have to now back that up besides? Well, I scored 39 in game one, but you lost. And you're the the villain that always gets defeated. Correct.
2: Mm. I mean, he got his. I mean, that
1: was (laughs) very very Tommy Fam like.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a good series. I'm looking forward to it. Like, uh, again, I I think Boston's going to win because just overall, they're the better team. But man, they got. Kyrie and KD. like I don't expect KD to have that bad of a game. If KD is a little bit better in that game, they win that game.
3: Um, And they almost won that game. Boston's (laughs) great defensively, man. It's going to be hard for both of them to get going. It's going to be hard for them to have a game where they're both at 35 or something like that. I mean, I don't want to disrespect. That is right. Statistically, but they
2: haven't had to play two of the top, what, 15 scores in NBA history. Like, at the same time, like, that's different. Like, they, I mean, it, the whole thing is different. The Nets are different. Like, it's a 17, but not really a 17-type situation. Right, definitely, like yes. It's, it's a weird situation where this great team in Boston has to play this team in the first round. So that's what makes this interesting that, you know, the two elite scores that were a foot away from going to the finals that were you know, uh, uh, a hiccup away from leading this series 1-0. Like, it's, it's a very, very interesting series. I don't mind Kyrie doing this if he can back it up with his play, which he has. That dude, he's one of the most skilled players ever. If he was bigger, if he was, like, actual shooting guard size, we may be having a different conversation about Kyrie in terms of where he lands as a player, but that dude is really, really good at basketball, and as long as he's you know, putting putting up the numbers that he's putting up, he can pretty much do anything he wants, especially in that organization who, where he's allowed to do anything he wants.
3: Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes. Well, we're going to stick with the Nets because Russ, I have huge news for you. Ben Simmons is inching toward a return. Hey, your boy now. No, almost Boy. literally inching, because at this pace, I don't know if that return's going to be this season or next season. It doesn't seem like the Celtics know. He's been cleared for contact, which to me, once you're cleared for contract contact, means you medically could play.
1: I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see. I'll see you next year, Ben Simmons.
3: <laughs> yeah, they don't know yet. They're they're thinking he no, may no, or may we, not. No we, no, we know. You know, no, we know. What was that, what was the bet you wanted to take of like oh, was it oh, what'd you set the over under at for games he'd play once he got traded? Was it like 10? It was like ten. I so would have won. So far you'd be I think you'd be guaranteed to win unless the Nets go yes. to the championship. Uh, they blew up their team. I mean they gave up James. I I still don't really get that move of trading uh, James Harden for him. Um, cool. uh, we're coming up on one year since Ben Simmons last played, and it's not like he tore an ACL or something. A, a good
1: portion of that year, he was out with hurt feelings. And here's my thing. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it before we move on to the next thing. It's not like you can let him play a couple games and get his rhythm. He's playing in a, He's going to be playing in a se- series where, where you're either down 0-2 or you're split. Going back to Brooklyn, like, these are important games. And the last important game I saw him play in, he did not show up at the end. So, sure. And it's, and it's I, against I, a God. really tough defense. Correct. It's, like, this is not it's some It's not going to be easy to wade into this. It's a team this. that could go to the finals. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, all right. I'll see you at training camp, Ben. God bless. Right. One other quick question about the
3: Nets. Am I the only one that, like, isn't sure what Steve Nash does.
1: Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> okay. You're not.
3: I'm with you. I'm I don't want to you. assume, but he and he was such a great player. Like, he obviously all knows time the great, game. Mm-hmm. but I, I, the last couple of years, like, I just feel like he's just watching.
1: <laughs> he's the chaperone of the Nets. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that's what Katie and Russ want. Someone they has did, to call the time. I mean, Katie, out, and I
3: Russ. Katie and
2: Kyrie want, they don't want a coach, they want an associate.
1: That also was a legend that they can bounce things off of. Are you guys, this was before you were
3: born, this was before I was born, but are you familiar with the classic movie E.T.? Yes. Mm-hmm. Alien. Have you guys seen E.T.? This came out in 1982. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. Jason. I don't, I don't assume. Have you, you sure seen E.T., is. Tony? I've seen bits and pieces. I get the gist of. Okay. All right. You can picture what he looks like, right? Yes. There was a revelation about this movie this week. The woman that played the mom of the family, Dee Wallace, uh, her kid in the movie was, one of her kids in the movie, was Drew Barrymore, the famous actress. Drew Barrymore, this is one of her first projects. She was seven years old at the time. And Dee Wallace revealed that when Drew Barrymore was on the set and she was seven years old, she believed that the E.T. puppet they were using was real. And... In between scenes that they were shooting of the movie, Drew Barrymore would go over and try to converse with the E.T. puppet. And so in order to help her kind of stay in character, Steven Spielberg, the director, assigned a couple of people to make the E.T. character interact with her in between scenes, in breaks.
2: That's some great directing.
1: That's why he's a goat.
2: Manipulating uh, children to get what you want.
3: Uh, there's a scene where ET is in the hospital. Spoiler alert! Uh, and it's not going well. If you wait, if you haven't seen it, uh, in, in you gotta, say spoiler, you gotta say spoiler alert say it about everything. Forty years ago, about everything. A movie that's older than me. You gotta say spoiler alert. Uh, it, it, D. Wallace was concerned about seven-year-old Drew Barrymore and asked her, "You know, are you okay? Look, this is reassured. This is just acting." And uh, Drew Barrymore said, "I know. Do you think I'm stupid?" This story reminded me of uh, E.T. is always going to be funny to me because my brother used to have nightmares about E.T. E.T., if you haven't seen this movie, was like a good character. He was like a lovable alien from outer space that the kids played with and befriended. And my brother had like recurring nightmares about E.T. He had a dream where he would encounter E.T. and E.T. in the E.T. voice would would tell him E.T. going to kill you.
1: Oh, shoot. Mm. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Mm.
3: Did you guys ever have nightmares about movies or shows? Did you have, like, characters from movies that would be in your nightmares? Russ, you're looking like, yes. Yeah. I think everybody's at them, right? Tony, what was yours?
2: Uh, Mine was uh Tom Cruise in Interview with a Vampire.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah? Just because he was oh, a vampire?
2: Yeah, and uh, Eddie Murphy in Vampire in Brooklyn.
3: Okay, so you got a vampire thing. All right.
2: Yeah, that was my thing as a kid. My brother my brother was scared of the Wicked Witch of the West mm. and the Wiz.
3: Well, I had one from Wizard of Oz, too. And, uh, like, there's a lot of scary things in the Wizard of Oz if you're a child watching that movie. Mine was the trees. You know how there's those talking trees and they grab them and they throw apples at them and stuff? I would have recurring uh, nightmares about the trees.
1: Interesting. I I would also
3: have them about the gremlins. I did not know until I was an adult that gremlins was supposed to be funny. That terrified me as a kid. And uh, really reaching back to an old one here, I would have nightmares about Judge Doom from
1: the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I used to... All right. so I have a couple. I have one. Tony, you brought up the Wiz. Mm -hmm. Those little uh, monster thingies that used to go... Yeah, those things are scary. <laughs> I used to. Oh what are my you guys God. talking about? What is that? What is that? So, The Wiz is like, um, it's the better adaptation,
2: the more cultured adaptation of The Wizard of Oz,
1: correct? Well, was, I don't know uh, about little with, with, what with Diana the, Ross, what
0: but the there was like these like little are.
1: monsters in, throughout the, the movie that would come out and like they were like mm-hmm. robots, but not robots, and they would okay. like increase in size. And they used to make... Anytime you heard this noise... They would just pop up and it was like the freakiest thing in the world. And they would just come up and like creep around.
2: Yo, yo, they need to do like a get out version of The Wiz. That'd be fire. It would not. That would be fire. Jordan Um, Peele, get on it, bro.
1: Okay, and the other one that... I'm not going to say it scares me now, but it was like... I think about how I felt as a kid when that... I used to have these moments and it it's it, it still thinking about it. So the Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the cat that had the big ass smile and then he would be laughing yeah. and then he disappeared. And then the smile would still be there. Yeah. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> that joint freaked me out for like, <laughs> I can't tell you the age in which it didn't freak me out anymore because I was lucky old, but like, I was definitely in my late teens, maybe 20 years old before that didn't bother me. And still to this day, not the most comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you, though. I could have a nightmare
3: tonight about the talking trees from Wizard of Oz. No problem.
1: It's freaky, man.
3: Russ, are you familiar with (laughs) T-Pain? I am. Well, he's going on tour. Are you a fan? Uh, um, yeah, but, uh, okay. He's hitting Chicago. Not, right. enough to see, he, he,
2: not enough to see him in person. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that, that's interesting that you bring that up, Tone, because, uh, that would make you, you know, that, that, a lot of people in Chicago would not agree with you about that because mm. his Chicago so- show sold out and he added a second date that's in June, mm. uh, but he has one stop on his tour that is not selling well at all. He's at 26% capacity for this particular city and is less than a month away, and he let him have it.
1: And now,
0: Tony Gill reads.
2: We back, baby. Tony okay, Gill with don't. glasses. Back in the mix. Fummy. You You know, me? You
1: hear me? Ah, we got the third one. Is that it? Is that what we've we been got waiting for? Yeah, the third one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there
3: you go. You, hey, so you see, do, you like, uh, do you like Zoolander?
1: He, no, not as a okay. movie. No.
3: Well, he find he the whole movie, he's like, I'm he's gonna reveal his big look. Like he's got this new look that he's gonna reveal, Magnum. And he finally reveals it. I feel like that's what we just got. Yeah, yeah. You hear me. Yeah, we got the third yeah. level. And it was kind of anticlimactic. It was like, I thought it was gonna be but well, we got it. Thanks, Tony.
2: <laughs> Tony, your glasses, please. Don't disrespect me, sir. I have a name. Okay. All right. <laughs> so this is T uh talking about his ticket sales for a particular city. You'll find out. <clears throat> so every week we do a weekly tour update kind of thing, and we see the percentages of tickets we've sold in each city. <sighs> I gotta tell you, man. Just one question: What the f- Dallas? Dallas, what are you doing? Y'all don't with me? Y'all go Texas accent here. Sorry if I. That's heard. a
3: stage note. You're not supposed to read that. That's that's a stage note based on his Tony. He did it in a Texas accent when he said it. Go ahead.
2: I, I was informing the Did you notice
3: it was in brackets?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was more, I didn't want to offend the, our Texas fan base. All right. I had to let them know. This is the I, first time you've read this email, that?
3: obviously. Clearly. Go ahead. Continue with the T-B. Go ahead. What did he say to the people of Dallas? Hey, Payne. You know, we with you heavy in Texas.
2: Really? What the Dallas? What did I do? Let me know what I did. Y'all don't with me, bro? What's going on? I wore cowboy hats many a times. I used to raise horses. I feel like I'm part of the city. I've worn a cowboy hat or two. Regular Cowboys and Dallas Cowboys. What the?
3: I don't know that yelling at people is the way to get them to buy tickets to the show, though.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. think... I'm not sure about yeah. this strategy. Yeah, you probably sold less ticket. You probably messed yourself up a little bit more. You're gonna have to cancel your Dallas show now.
2: Yeah, I mean, Re- refund the tickets. Yeah, don't don't react to it. Just cancel the show. Let them go to the next city of all the fans. Like, hey, what happened to your Dallas show? Nobody was buying the
3: tickets. So I'm not there coming go. to Dallas. There you go. Simple as that. Hey,
1: okay, come see One, me in Houston.
3: Right. 26% capacity is not going to look good. No. Mm-mm. What's he going to do if he shows up there and it's half full? <laughs>
1: like, no, but you're going to know before you do it. You're going to say, all right, we're, uh, we're yeah, going to do the, we we're we're gonna bang bang this. We're going to bang the show system. and yep. re- refund the tickets.
3: While we're in the T Pain section of the newspaper, uh, he told a story. This week, that, that, that should be a section of the newspaper, don't you think? Like world, local, government, TT sports sports, yeah. comics, weather, lifestyle, whatever. Uh, he told a story the other day on Twitch that kind of reminded me of you, Russ. It kind of okay. reminded me of the Meat Peak incident because oh, no. he was talking about weird fan interactions. And he said he was at a gas station and he felt like a guy followed him into the bathroom, kind of like, you know, stargazing, I guess. And yeah. pretended to pee in the urinal next to him just to uh, just to be near to T-Pain. Price of price of fame.
2: Would you guys ever want to be that famous?
1: Okay. No, not where people follow me in the bathroom. <laughs> At a gas station. Right. Um, <laughs> that's kind of weird, man.
3: I think we all would like to think that we would handle it well. But I got to say, I really don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I would handle that well. And I try to have some understanding of what it must be like for people in that position, especially oh, yes. thought it. that kid. He was like, Whoa, Jason laser. Yeah, a yeah. high school kid mm-hmm. in there Florida. Yeah. He said, Oh, I thought you'd be driving a way nicer car than that.
1: Yeah, he shit on you, though. Yeah, no. Actually, he didn't. to me
3: today, too. Actually, he didn't.
2: He actually giving you the big ups. He's saying, wow, I view you at such high regard. This car that you're currently driving doesn't deem worthy enough. That,
1: that's not how Jason heard yeah, that's how how I I view it. I think it was Jason I used, used to, to
3: think of you in that regard. Yeah.
1: Until he saw the car. Until he saw the car. Until he saw my Honda Accord, and then he was like. "Mm." Until he saw the Pinto, and then he was like, "Yeah." That Honda Accord's
3: been through some things, huh? (laughs) And finally, Russ, we're a little late on this news, but it's important. Last month, Miami Dade Police appeared to solve a robbery case very, very quickly, thanks to some dog poop. A Miami man alleged was alleged to have robbed a woman while she was walking her dog. She was in a vulnerable position because the Mm -hmm. dog was pooping and it pooped in a stairwell outside her building and she was trying to clean it up. And that's when this man allegedly attacked her and stole her backpack and her wallet. Eventually, police caught him as a suspect. During the interrogation, Miami-Dade police noticed an odd brown stain on his shirt. It was the dog poop. Mm. Pretty easy to connect the dots from there.
2: <laughs> All right. I, and, and that's why you need to uh,
1: not it memory.
3: It's probably a good call, Tone. Anytime you ever
1: keep it in your pocket. Yeah, if, like, Tony's, if Tony idea. stops himself, it was yep. – yeah. I can't – we couldn't have had. We would be canceled. I, we'd like to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode of Sports Jason. as always go on to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA to get 23% off your next order of lovely soft eucalyptus bedding from Sheets and Giggles excellent you will not regret it they get softer with every wash uh, and it's a really dope company that we love partnering with another dope company that we love par- partnering with Connect Roasters, Uh, get 23% off your order of $30 or more. ConnectRoasters.com, use promo code Adjacent23. Very great coffee from all over the world, Chicago-based company that also gives back uh, here in the city as well. We really love that. That's really important to us. So please help out our our lovely sponsors. Got a lot of awesome things coming up in the pipeline. Uh, Make sure you're listening to the podcast. Listen, don't just watch the videos. We know you love the videos. Watch the videos on Twitter. Listen to the podcast. If you're driving somewhere, taking a long trip, tell your friends about it. Sports adjacent. We've really grown the podcast in the last year. We want to continue to grow that in 2022. Gentlemen, anything for the people before we let them go? The videos are just a taste. Correct. You know, we're, try, we're trying to get you hooked. The appetizer, yeah. if
3: you That's will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony, I, I don't think I want to hear any more from you at all on this episode about coffee, but the Sheets and Giggles prep people probably would love one of your classic endorsements. Can you give a personal testimony mm-hmm. to the Sheets and Giggles sheets? Um, the other night, um, I just wrapped
2: my entire body with the sheet, and I just fell asleep right there. My parents thought it was like a dead body right there, and it was no. I just wanted to just surround myself in the sheets and giggle sheets in the eucalyptedness of the sheets it just felt so good like and you know i go washington commando baby you know how you know how i get down yes yeah, so so we covered it that it was yes. very very <laughs> comforting though. very very cool um it was it was a great experience
3: i would definitely say try that once the eucalyptedness. you can get some of that eucalyptedness. For 23% off at sheets sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Automatically applied at checkout. For Jason Leisure.
1: I'm Russ Dorsey. That is Tony Gill, and we'll catch you guys
3: next week.
2: Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
1: I'm very much a Jason. For a couple hours I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready
0: to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones, who get it done.